Truth Still Matters, episode number 17. Come one, come all. Welcome to the Catholic Podcast. Truth Still Matters. The human person is made for truth. Despite this dictatorship of relativism, we breathe every day. This podcast exists in the stream of the new evangelization championed by Pope John Paul the Great and continued with Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI and Pope Francis. We will have the opportunity to learn and reflect on the timeless truths revealed by God and deposited in the Catholic Church. If you're looking for apologetics or theology, that can be applied to your life right now. You've found a new home. Stop drowning in the world of opinion and embrace yourselves for truth still matters. We've made it back for another episode of Truth Still Matters. Today's episode focuses on the nature of the church. What is the church? Now, we've heard that term a thousand times, but I'm here to shed some light that you and I might have an insight into the true nature of the church. Let's explore this great gift that Jesus died and rose to give us. The church is not just another human institution. The church really goes beyond our human reasoning. From the outside, it simply looks like an old group of people ran by an ancient institution headquartered out of Rome. That's from the human perspective, a very common perspective. But sacred scripture describes the church in a different manner. A quote that comes to mind is St. Joan of Arc. And she said something to the effect of, as far as Christ and the church, all I know is that they are one and we shouldn't confuse the matter. St. Joan of Arc had an insight into the true nature of the church. St. Paul had that same insight. And St. Joan of Arc probably got her insight from St. Paul. Do you remember St. Paul? St. Paul was a Jewish person with Roman citizenship. And St. Paul started off his journey persecuting Christians. And he was doing this in the name of God as a faithful Jew. And on his road to Damascus, he encountered Christ in a new way, in a profound way. He experienced 
of what the theologians call a theophany, which is a special manifestation of God. And Jesus spoke to St. Paul. And the words of Jesus are very revealing. He says, Saul, Saul. This was uh, Paul's Jewish name. He had a Roman name and a Jewish name. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And I want to emphasize Jesus's me there. Paul is on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians. And Jesus says, why are you on your way to persecute me? Did you catch that? Jesus didn't say, why are you going to, why are you headed to persecute my church? Why are you headed, why do you intend to persecute my followers? He says, why do you intend to persecute me? Jesus intimately identifies with his church. He and his church are one. See, Christ is married to his church. He's the bridegroom and the church is the bride. And going back to Genesis, and the two, man and woman in marriage, shall become one flesh. Jesus is married to the church and therefore is one with her. This gives us a key insight into the true nature of the church. The church is one with Christ. St. Augustine describes this reality as the whole Christ, W-H-O-L-E, the whole Christ, head and body connected. St. Augustine is simply being faithful to St. Paul's notion of church being the body of Christ. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church is described as the mystical body of Christ, where you have an intimate union between Jesus and his body, the church. The church is the body of Christ. St. Paul continues to affirm that the church is the foundation and pillar or the bulwark and pillar of the truth in 1 Timothy 3.15. That the church is not just a human institution. The church is a mystery. The church describes herself in the Catechism of the Catholic Church as a kind of sacrament. Now, what's a sacrament? A sacrament is a visible sign that points to a reality, but not only points to that reality, but brings it about. And the church is a kind of sacrament, meaning it has a kind of visibility to it. It has a kind of sign, a symbol value. It points to something, but not only does it point to Jesus, it brings him about. The two are intimately united. And in order to completely understand this, we always have to go back to Jesus himself. Jesus is fully God, invisible, and he is fully man, visible. Do you see these two natures? Divine, human, invisible, connected with the divine and visible, connected with the human. He has two natures. Now, if we carry that forward into his body, 
The church has to have how many natures? Two. One visible. And that is an aspect that we all have access to. We see the church. We hear the church. We feel the church. Is a visible sign to the church. And Jesus founded one church. One church. And this one church has a visible element to it and also an invisible. Now, most Christians are familiar with the invisible element. Okay? Those who truly adhere to Christ in their hearts. You know, the movement of the Holy Spirit uniting us into Christ. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the soul of the church. The church is the body of the of Christ. And what body is alive except that it have a soul, and the soul is the Holy Spirit. But the church goes beyond just being um, an intangible kind of group of people that call upon the Lord and no one knows where the church really is. Don't get me wrong. There is definitely an invisible element to the church, the mystical body of Christ. She has a divine nature. But there's also a visible. The church should be as a city set upon a hill so that everyone can see it. And there are three main elements that unite her visibly. How can we tell that we're in that one church that Jesus founded? St. Robert Bellarmine is a, is a great help here. He emphasizes three points of unity, physical, visible unity. First of all, sacraments. The seven sacraments that Jesus instituted are a part of the visible element of the church that can be seen. Does this group of people practice the seven elements that, that can be traced back to Christ himself? The profession of faith. Do we believe what the church has always believed for 2,000 years? You've got the sacraments. You've got the profession of faith. And then you have the third point of unity, and that is governmental structure. Does my pastor, is he linked with your pastor? And do our pastors, can they trace back their ordination to a bishop? And can that bishop trace his ordination back to the apostles himself? Apostolic succession. This is the visible sign, the visible aspect of the church that we all have to recognize. Are we a part of that unity that Christ established 2,000 years ago? Two elements, visible and invisible. And this corresponds to who Christ is because Christ has two natures. He's visible and invisible, divine or human and divine. See, this was critical to my own personal conversion. I wanted to touch Jesus. I wanted to have access to a real relationship where he was active in my life. I had heard about it all of my life, that Jesus was real, not just a historical character, in an ancient a book, but he's real and he's in love with you. He's in love with me. And how can I gain access to that love? And slowly but surely, God revealed to me through people that I loved that I could touch the hem of his garment by reaching out and being active in his church, the Catholic church. 
See, the Catholic Church is not just another denomination. It may appear to be another denomination because it has a name, Catholic. But Catholic was only applied to it, only applied to the followers of Jesus when you had other groups that were breaking away from the fullness of the faith that Jesus died and rose to give us. People needed to distinguish between these heretical groups that broke away and the rest of the people that followed Christ. The rest of the people, that, that, that group of people were referred to as everybody else or the general group of Christians, not these small sects that broke away. And what's another way of talking about the general group of people? Well, the, the, the universal group of people, right? And what does universal mean? It's where we get the term Catholic from. So when we refer to the Catholic Church, we're, we're talking about everyone that, got, that can be rooted back 2,000 years that have followed Christ, that have professed the same faith, that have exercised and worshipped in the seven sacraments that he died and rose to give us, that we are united in the governmental structure. Now, am I saying that people who are united to the Catholic Church have it home free, have an easy road? No, we must pick up our crosses daily and follow Christ. We have to say yes to him every day. It's not once saved, always saved. It never has been. Jesus says, "Who he who endures to the end will be saved. Some people who are not visibly united to the Catholic Church have a better relationship with God. Don't get it twisted. Don't think I'm saying that all Catholics have a better relationship. No, by no means. I know many non-Catholics that have a better personal relationship to Jesus than Catholics. Okay, I've been inspired by non-Catholics myself to dig deeper into the love that the Father has for us. But what has been revealed to me, what has been revealed to us in this 2,000-year tradition is that Christ established one church, not many. And the fact that we have several churches is a scandal. Who's to blame? Catholics are to blame and non-Catholics. Everyone's to blame. And Jesus prayed that we be one. But it doesn't take away from the fact that even though we have a wound in the church's unity, she is still one. She's still one. Let us never go to sleep on the true nature of the church. Where the church is, God is. And that's not an exaggeration, because when we talk about the church, we're referring to Jesus Christ himself, the whole Christ. May God bless and keep you all the days of your life. View of the gravity of the situation and believing that radio has a responsibility to serve the public interest at all times. We are turning over our facilities to the... I will I defend my faith in apologetics. I'll try to answer all your questions with the best of my efforts. I got 2,000 years of ammunition and weapons. Early church documents and first century letters. I'm talking Aranegas and a forceful command. In the year 80, the Catholic Church was just a baby. Some claim Constantine made the papacy. Study
study church history, observe the dating, it's not possible, you see it's outrageous, God made it, read about it in the Old Testament pages, Christ created an ecclesiate, authoritative and never lost his way, the Holy Spirit guides, it can't be led astray, it's indestructible, there's only one today, and it's the same church God made back in those days, the pillar and foundation of truth, the path that's narrow and straight, the church is always up for debate, what do the scriptures say, draw the true meaning out, Jesus, don't impose the views on the passage while you read it. God's will be done, not your own, just believe it. In view of the gravity of the situation, it's a defense of the Catholic faith. It's doctrine, apostolic, correct, and errors made in time from day to day. Rap apologetics and modern day debate. Rap apologetics and scriptures will never fade. It's a defense of the Catholic faith. It's doctrine, apostolic, correct, and errors made in time from day to day. Rap apologetics for Christ, Ecclesia. Rap apologetics, defense or fee day. Warns about people distorting in the faith. Chapter 20, verse 30. What do we have in view? 33,832. The heretics who vote from our group.